This podcast is a Bendy Geddig Media production. Hello, I'm Michael Sheen, and you are listening to a Touchline Rant podcast. Hello, welcome everyone to episode 189 of the Touchland Rant. I'm Mitchell Gad. I'm here with my co-host this week, also American, Luke Smalley. Yep. Good day. <laughs> Good day. He's got these cameras The pressure was on. <laughs> oh, we're off to. Humdinger of a start. It's going to be a slobber oh. off, as JR would say today, I think, Luke. What do you reckon? This is going to be... It's got the feel of one of those episodes already. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely... The inmates are definitely running the asylum this week. I can tell you that we are in a very... we would Because we do a little peek behind the curtain for everyone. We always do a little, you know, we we, we just do a bit of a chit-chat beforehand, you know? See yeah. how this week's going so far and what's going on, you know? And, um, and you yeah, know, obviously we can have a little chat about what's coming up and what we're going to talk about. And uh, I just we got the sense, didn't you? We got the sense that beforehand in the little, in the little preamble. Yeah. Just a little bit. This could go off into a myriad of tangents. Don't know um, where this conversation will end up. We may get around to talking football. Who knows? <laughs> I haven't got a clue at this point. Strap we, yourselves in. We do say when we when we say this this podcast is called a touchline rap, but we we don't specify what sport or event no. of a you know, touchline we're on. So we're we we're, we're okay. We're not on thin ice. We're on the opposite. We're on thick ice. If yeah, anything, thick. solid. I've, solid just packed, I've just packed a micra on it. That's how thick the ice is. <laughs> <laughs> With a couple of bicycles strapped the strap to the back. Yeah. yeah. Proof rack. Um, <laughs> yeah, surfboard on the top. Yeah, <laughs> a few suitcases in the boots. Yeah, and ten screaming kids packed in. <laughs> yeah, kids are already in, like the Alamo. Anyway, <laughs> before we go any further, <laughs> this is the part where if Luke's heard, uh, was hosting, he goes. Speaking of the Alamo, this yeah. week we're going to talk about the. Um, no, we're going to talk internationals. Let's start with internationals. Yeah, let's start. Um, Wales, at time of recording, uh, uh, picked up a valuable three points. We don't know how they're going to do in their second fixture this week, but they did pick up three valuable points in, well, not in Belarus, against Belarus, rearranged game uh, yep. in um, a neutral venue. But 3 2, I watched the game, Luke, and it was stressful. Let's just say the least. Oh my God, it was stressful. And I don't really mean to be too disparaging, but I think I watched one of the worst worst performances I've seen in James Lawrence in that first half. Sorry, mate. Um, It was... (laughs) Every time the ball came over the top, I was having kittens. I thought it was like watching (laughs) Parks defending. But I'm going to start and be positive, though. Well, I've already been negative, but I'm going to move to positive quickly. (laughs) It was good character to come back. It was good to see 
uh, scoring penalties. Because I think we missed our previous four. Gareth Bale scoring those penalties as well and showing that he can still grab the game by the scruff of the neck in the sort of probably the twilight of his Wales career. But to come back from, from two and down and show that character was very good. So we're going to let's pause there. And it was. It was, it was really yeah. plus in extraordinary circumstances as well. You know, mm. and the the 13 players out, whatever. The, yeah. yeah, just the the ridiculous lengths that those those players had to go to and the staff had to go to just to be able to travel. Yeah. Alone is ridiculous. And then to go behind to a less, I mean, I think we've had some people from Belarus listen. I don't think they've listened for a while. So I'm saying yeah. Belarus, not the best side. No, I don't be the with that. Yeah. It's, they're not the best side. We should be hand beating them easily. Um, but we struggled. But at the end of the day, a win is a win. A win is a win, and I, I think we'll obviously we'll have you know far stronger squads and teams to select from in future. But the fact that we can get it done with such a scratch side, I think is uh, I think they'll they'll only be positives to sort of to to kind of take from that in the sense that yeah, there was a poor defending. Yeah, we. We really did look shaky at times, but yeah. I think actually the overriding feeling will be, you know, we, we got the job done and Paige and the boys could then go to work on the training ground and try and resolve the issues that there was with, I think, all the pretty much all the defence and, and, you know, our, our wide play as yeah. well. Look, some of it, so, was, yeah, it, was it was a struggle, but also at this point, I just want to doff my cap to Mr. Robert Page who took yeah. the job under ridiculously hard circumstances always get, had to take the job and uh, such, I mean the circumstances alone is just crazy to take over the team at that point he, quite, he got us qualified took us to the Euros you know he's taken us to the Euros now and now he's having to deal with all this Covid restrictions and blah 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 this, and them having a new move it to a neutral venue, and just it, everything about it was just ridiculous. But he's just got through and come away with three points, you know. And I did, I did enjoy uh, speaking of the neutral venue. I did enjoy Gareth Bale's comments before the match when he said he was surprised that the neutral venue wasn't Wembley because every other neutral game seems to be played there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which was pretty yeah. <laughs> lovely, lovely Bale yeah. team um, that we to know. But um, yeah, it was good. And um, well, I t- touch on England briefly. Um, they're talking of Wembley from strength. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Nice little seg. seg. Um, they they're looking strong, aren't they? Two four. Yeah, they are looking good. Um, yeah. Do you want to hear if I can find it very briefly because you've just reminded me of something? But I saw some Raheem Sterling stats earlier. Do you want to hear them? Go on, hit me with some some Raheem stats. Sterling is three goals away from joining the Premier League 100 club. He is eight goals away from becoming the highest scoring English player in the history of the Champions League. He is 12 from the highest scoring winger in Premier League history. It's reminding me of England and the embarrassment of riches. Raheem Sterling is only 26. Mm. What a a talent. Yeah, and he's become... 
one of arguably England's most important player. Like he scored, he scored three goals, three goals in the in the Euros, and he yeah. was like before going into the tournament, people were questioning whether he was in England's starting eleven, <clears throat> both in terms of Gareth's plans as well as yeah. whether he was actually considered, you know, one of the best eleven. Um, but Gareth um, Southgate had. You know, had faith in him, and I, even going because I think going into that, um, even going back to the Champions League final against Chelsea, I think it was a lot of speculation that he wasn't actually going to start that game because he, he'd been, yeah. he'd sort of lost. Even though Pep does his rotation, he kind of you got the feeling he was sort of on the periphery of that of Pep's kind of first choice eleven. What you would think would be his kind of rotation of his top, you know, his, his first choice yeah. eleven, if you can call anything that with City. And then he had the start in the Champions League final. And then you thought, wonder if he will actually be in the first 11 for Gareth on, in that game against Croatia. And obviously he got the start, he got the goal and he, he went on from strength to strength and he was he had a great tournament. And yeah. I think he's been, you know, he's he's carrying that form on. And, and yeah, he's, I mean, for his age, he can. He's brilliant. And he's one of those players as well that turns it on his head. Do you know what I mean? You need players like Raheem Sterling. Because... They can turn a game the same way that you need players like Jack Grealish. And that's why I think you don't need Sterling and Grealish at the same time, personally. Mm. But every now and again, one of the, having one of those to come off the bench is a massive impact. And this is where England uh, have got it so well stocked right now, is you think of their options up front. Their wide options are ludicrous. You know, Jaden Sancho, Raheem Sterling. Rashford's Bakary Sacco, the Saka, these players are super, and they're only going to get better. Mason Greenwood as well. Only going to Mark get better. Mark Albrighton, just kidding. Right. As well, um, <laughs> Beckford. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> and at, at striker, you. I got... can see your face. You're thinking if there's anyone else you should name. I yeah. can see the turning. I know there's got to be others, but there are up front others, as well. Yeah. You've got you know Calvert Lewin. You've got Bamford. You've got Kane. Obviously, they they've got a lot. Kane's Bamford's your Calvert Lewin's. You know your yeah. Marcus Bentz. You've got yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um. Gary. Yeah. <laughs> They're, I mean, they got yeah an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. I think, and at the back, they got. I mean, they've got about fifteen fucking right backs. There's Walker, Paul Parker. <laughs> but yeah, England are doing extremely well. I mean, you can't. England are going to qualify with a plum. You'd imagine. Yeah. Briefly, briefly, let's go north. Just briefly. Do you think this? There's quite a lot of talk, um, and there's a lot being made of Scotland. And their qualification as well, because they're doing well. As yeah. we speak, as we record, just to time stamp this bitch. Yeah. Um that was me time stamping. Thank you. Scotland uh, uh leading Austria one nil, so we'll be second in the group at end of play. Mm. Um do you think Scotland <laughs> should, could make it to the World Cup? The they could, but the problem I think they've got is the only the top side is guaranteed qualification as Scotland yeah. always with all due respect they're always going to be relying on they're very uh, they're not going to win a group you know that with yeah. the less something 
remarkable happens, they're always going to be kind of like second or third would be their sort of spots they'd be aiming for. And I think then, obviously, if you're not qualifying automatically, you've got the, you know, the either the bet you've got a situation of either best, best, best sort of runners up or, 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 um, or qualifiers. Yeah. I think they could because Scotland have got a bit of momentum behind them. And I think Good they're always, well. yeah, and is, and, you know, if they, if they hang on here now, obviously that's a great result. So, yeah, hopefully they do. Um, I You'd want as many of them as possible, wouldn't you? Obviously you want Wales because I'm not big as, as you were aware and listeners of this podcast will be aware. I'm not a massive international football fan. But I'm a gigantic international football tournament fan. Yeah. But when it, because when international football comes around, I almost feel as that I've always felt like it gets in the way of league football. Like I want league football. I don't want a internationals. Um, but during the summer, when there's a massive tournament on, I'm loving it. You know. You get your flags out. You get your get the flags out. out. Yeah. Ring up little man. Go fancier, and they go yeah. yeah. And yeah. then we have we have parties, a little man coffee in Cardiff. Um, a good time is had by all. <laughs> you know? So I would say you, yeah, yeah, it's, but it's so when it comes to these tournaments, I want to see a tournament with Northern <laughs> Ireland, Republic of Ireland, Scotland, and Wales in it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I want all four of them in it. <laughs> Plus England, maybe. Mm. <laughs> not too bothered but four out of five ain't bad if if you if you said oh go on then here's a question before we move on to the next sections but if someone offered you now at the world cup you could have either england and wales or wales scotland northern ireland and the republic of ireland all in it which one would you pick I'm definitely going for for B. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely going for B. With sorry, sorry, the fans, but yeah, you definitely would rather Celtic, have a tour. Yeah, Celtic brothers. Yeah, I want to have a tournament. I would much prefer to have a tournament with Scott McTominay in it than I would Calvin Phillips <laughs> <laughs> or Paul Parker. Yeah, fuck Parker. <laughs> yeah, I don't want. I don't want to see another tournament where Alan Shearer pops up, but I'd love one with Ali McCoist. Or, <laughs> you know? Or John Collins. Oh, John Collins, yeah, he was a good he footballer. He was a player. He was a player, yeah. I, I'm with you. I would go prefer that, but um, I don't, can't see him not, we can't see England not qualifying for. Nah, England will qualify. would have to get very wrong for England not to qualify for a tournament for quite They'll some definitely time. definitely qualify. It, look, the outcome of this is either we're right because we're saying England will qualify or we can have a right laugh as they fuck it up. That we've win, win. <laughs> <laughs> Right, moving, let's move on. It's enough, enough internationals because I think we are all looking forward to the return of the Premier League and we're yeah. going to do something slightly differently this week. We have touched on the past couple of weeks. We've had... Some musings about our fancy football team. So we you know why do... that is. That's because you and I are in charge now. We can do you, whatever we want. We can you and I are fully in charge of this podcast. We don't have Skinner shouting to move on. We don't have. Yeah. We don't have Jordan 
make it with his um, agenda. Yeah, with his yeah, him and his bloody agenda. Yeah. We've all just, over. Yeah. Yeah. We've <laughs> just got exactly. We've <laughs> just got you and I talking at a trash about whatever we want. It's brilliant. And um, well, you know, we're enjoying ourselves anyway. Um so yeah, we're gonna talk about our sort of fantasy football you know, teams and players to watch. And we're going we're gonna to talk about how that is going to be, our opinion is influenced by, uh, I suppose, this week's games, largely looking ahead to this week's games, um, but a little bit more generally as well. So yeah. let's talk about, I'm going to talk about, let's talk about Ronaldo, I think. And Good let's talk about Ronaldo and Lukaku. I want to talk about Ronaldo and Lukaku at the moment because a lot of teams, a lot of fantasy teams, uh, wildcarding, using this international break to wildcard, I think that extra sort of period for people to kind of think about the team has kind as as they hover over that button, they've got longer to 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 make that call. So a lot of teams have seen a lot of teams in the Twitter community that have hit that wildcard button, and there's a couple of reasons. One is suddenly they've got you'd probably say three premium players have come back into the fold. One is Carrie Kane because we know. What the situation with his now? He is now. He's he's back in the starting lineup for Spurs. Yeah. We've got um, Romelu Lukaku who's come back to the Premier League, and obviously he had that very encouraging game against Arsenal for fantasy owners. Less so against Liverpool away, but that was always a difficult game, and the sending off didn't help uh, for Chelsea. And then now we've got Cristiano Ronaldo coming back to the Premier League again, who's at twelve point five million, which is the most expensive in the game. So you've got suddenly you've got three premium assets that are mm. going to shake the template, as they call it, when a lot of sides have had Bruno and Salah and probably can't afford to bring in a third premium, or if they are bringing in a third premium, are going to have to do a wild card to sort of downgrade some of their other positions. So I ask you, I was going to kick off with the question, are Romelu Lukaku and Cristiano Ronaldo, are they essential at the moment for you? Um. No, but they will both become soon. I'll say why not. Because you could argue that there is an argument to be made when it comes to... Obviously, as fan, when we play fantasy football, we look at the fixtures and think, right, well, what's the probability of him scoring in this game? When it comes to players like Ronaldo, that kind of goes out the window because you don't need to... He can score against any team. So, you know... He scored in the biggest games in club football against the biggest teams. So it doesn't matter, you know? Um, but he is used to getting a certain level of service. He is used to playing the game a certain way and having sides that are literally set up to give him the ball. That's what Juventus did with a lot of crosses coming in. They're literally just there for Ronaldo to get his noggin on and get goals. Um, United don't play like that. So it'll be interesting to see, like we did with Cavani, if we switch things around. But that may take a little bit of time to get used to because Ronaldo's not going to be running onto balls or pressing. It's not going to happen. Um, so <coughs> that could. So there's an argument to be made that it could take a while to gel. He could also just come out against Newcastle and smash a hat trick on the first day. He could do that as well. Newcastle. Yeah, it is Newcastle. But I don't. I think it's worth taking the risk of not having him because there are a number of good options elsewhere. 
So it's not like because Ronaldo is now being brought in, my other players aren't any good. Like yeah. other people will score, you know. So I'm not convinced. And Lukaku, <laughs> Lukaku will 100% be coming into my side, but he will be coming into my side from game week seven when Chelsea have a ridiculous run of fixtures. Yeah, I think we both got our eye on that game week seven where the the, the fixtures for Chelsea are just. Yeah, they, they 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 get ridiculous, and if you don't have Ronaldo at that, uh, sorry, uh, Lukaku at that point, you're probably going to be hiding behind the sofa. I think for my plan, I be... <laughs> yeah, definitely. My I wouldn't want to go into that run of fixture because I probably as well would just chuck the captaincy on him, um, and just leave it run. I'm just going to get yeah. at the fixtures now because the I'm, uh, yeah. So so here's, Ch- here's Chelsea's run. From game week seven, Southampton at home, uh, Brentford away, Norwich at home, Newcastle away, Burnley at home. <sighs> I mean, that's like as uh, long as he's, as long as he's injury, as long as he's injury free. I, I, I've so I haven't looked at my wildcard side yet, but I know of Chelsea's run being at game week seven. So, I've thought of which. So that will be the week where, you know. Spoiler, where Lukaku comes into my side and I probably just chuck the captaincy on him and I leave it for weeks. Um, And I probably look to bring in someone like Rudiger as well. I know, I think so. And then if you talk about... Yeah, go on. No, carry on. Well, I was going to say that that as well as that Chelsea fixture swing, then then United have actually got... Hmm. Is that the same fixture that I just brought? So you got... Yeah, from week 15... Palace home, Norwich away, Brentford away, Brighton at home, Newcastle away, Burnley at home, Wolves at home. I mean, then they go to Villa where they, they have an amazing record. Home to West Ham, away to Burnley, home to Southampton, away to Leeds, home to Watford. I mean, that goes all the way. You could argue, I mean, you could even argue with Arsenal, the way the form they're in at home on week 14. You could have an argument to say that from week 14 mm. to week up until week 28 where they go to Manchester City everywhere in between is inc- incredible incredible fixture I, like I've never I've barely seen a run where the fixtures look as favourable obviously the, 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 the flip side of that is that this period where Ronaldo's come in is what we're saying where, where you know he's probably not essential because the fixtures are quite difficult and, and Ronaldo is you know his record in Italy last season uh, it was kind of skewed to sort of smashing the. He's not a flat track bully because he's Ronaldo, but yeah. you, you just you just think he, that's why he's not essential because you suddenly, as you said, you've got other strikers which are in form, so you've got other options. So it's not like if everyone else was kind of not performing and there was you scratch around for strikers, then suddenly you know, Ronaldo does become more viable. But there is an argument, I suppose there is an argument from those who are one, just to sort of, the other side of the argument is is there is an opportunity for those to potentially sort of steal a march on other teams. If 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 Ronaldo bags sort of two or three against Newcastle and Lukaku, who, although the Chelsea fixtures do swing, when you, as you said, you've got a side that's feeding them all the time. You know, v- Villa at home, is it this week, I think, for... Um, for Chelsea, it, yeah. you know, you've got a chance. You've still got a chance for him to to pick up goals. So there is an opportunity there, but 
it's the game you play, isn't it? It's what no. is the that's My, the beauty of fantasy football. Let's assume that Lukaku and Ronaldo are both banging form. Let's just assume that. I'm going into the next few weeks convinced that in my wildcard side I will have Lukaku and I will have Rudiger and maybe Mason Mount for those games. Yeah. Um, I might triple up on Chelsea for those games. Then when United's run starts, that's when I will be looking to have shifted a million pounds around roughly so I can afford to bring in Ronaldo, who I assume will absolutely annihilate those games. Yeah, he's, I mean, yeah. Do you think that Bruno Fernandes, is, is people going to start to ship on? For, like, So we've obviously got the wild card at seven, but do you think Bruno Fernandes is one to sort of ship out before then? Now Ronaldo is probably going to be on penalties. Or I would think, you... well, definitely for this week, if you've got Bruno, there's no point taking Bruno Fernandes out of your side because they've got Newcastle. So it could still all go through Bruno Fernandes. Bear in mind, Ronaldo missed a penalty on international duty and Fernandes scored one. I don't genuinely... Because it's Solskjaer as well. So it's not a manager that Ronaldo can come into and just basically bully because he's Cristiano Ronaldo. Solskjaer used to coach Ronaldo when he was a kid, you know, when he was younger at United. It's like... Solskjaer will be like, I know who you are. I was with you. I played with you. I know who you are. You can't, you know, tell me what to do. I'm the manager. I don't care who you are. So you won't get, but he won't pull that with Solskjaer. So I think that's a benefit. Um, I certainly don't think that Bruno is by any means going to, he probably will suffer a little if Ronaldo hits form. But I don't think it's it's going to be marginal. Do you know what I mean? It's going to be a marginal drop off. It's not going to be huge by any stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's a few Everton as well. Everton have got a decent run of fixtures. They have, yeah. Is Calvert because Calvert Lewin had the the um the flag on him, didn't he? Just before the and he dropped out of the the England, England squad. Side. Yeah, but I'm they, not sure. Is he because he he looks if he's fit then. I, he's one of those strikers that he said are, are probably meaning you don't you 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 don't class Ronaldo and, and Lukaku as essential at this point because he started obviously he's now on pens as well which was a bit yeah. of a surprise to to Richarlison as well as fancy <laughs> yeah Richarlison didn't have a clue what's going on. I I mean they've got a decent Everton of uh, sort of hitting form and against kind of my expectation are actually doing a really good job. Yeah. Benitez has got them playing all right, hasn't he? Yeah, he has got them playing all right. And someone like, so if we're talking fantasy football team, I've already made my transfer. It's done. I've got rid of Barnes and I've brought in Damari Gray because Everton have got such a decent run of fixtures. And he's got two in his last two. And he was five and a half million. Yeah, I mean that's a very when you look at five and a half million um, players, there isn't probably anyone else. There's very few that can offer that what Gray does at the moment. No, I mean he's gone up to five point six, but now, but when I got him, he was yeah he was he was five point five. He's got seventeen points in his last two games. 
<clears throat> and what's your really good fixtures. What's your view on? So have you got you've got Diaz, haven't you? So what's the yeah? What's your view on uh, on Pep rotation? Then what are you uh, are you are you on the roulette wheel no. any more than Diaz or just? Diaz is going to be player. my only Man City player because he's the one that I can kind of is the biggest guarantee apart from Edison. But I don't want to pay that much money for a goalkeeper, which is ludicrous because Edison is so good that he will get a <laughs> shit ton of points throughout the season. But I don't. So I'm sticking with Ruben Diaz and I'm not going to invest in Man City. I've sort of, again, obviously you can't really plan as much in fantasy football, but if you have an idea of where you want to go, you won't be too far wrong. So the ideal... As long as points go right and injuries are fine. My ideal then is next week, Danny Ings will be leaving, keeping him in there in the hope that he manages to sneak a goal against Chelsea. And I'll be bringing in Patrick Bamford because Patrick Bamford plays for, as you well know, Mitchell Lewis, Gav, plays for Leeds United. Mm. Their fixtures are... As follows, Newcastle away, West Ham at home, Watford at home, Southampton away, Wolves at home, Norwich away. So I will be bringing in Patrick Bamford <coughs> next week for that little run of games. Yeah. It's Potentially, good. I'm going to see how, because um, I've still got Deli Alley, so I'm going to see how Deli Alley does. Um, he might be next to leave, but I might bring in uh, Adama Traore because Wolves have got a ridiculous well, run. Well, Wolves have got a ridiculous run as well. And I think this is the thing. It's kind of, if you can, like, so you can get onto these runs and if, if they go as, as sort of, you know, as form and fixture would suggest, then you would, like, you potentially, there's, there's a lot of points to be picked up with, like wolves are gonna. The wolves are surely are gonna smash someone. <laughs> uh, you know, the the stats are ridiculous. Wolves are uh, definitely wolves. What will happen is wolves will. I this is my prediction. But, I think wolves will sneak a sneaky one nil win against Watford, who they've got next. Um, Watford hopefully will Backman for Watford will hopefully bag me a couple of save points again, like he did last week when he got me four points good lads um, but they'll sneak a 1-0 and then the floodgates will open yeah yeah I mean they, they, they've got the chance to the pro- the thing is it's, it's sort of and it's the same with like I suppose it's the city going back to city I just think it's the, the problem with someone like city is that if you can get the players at the right moment, then they're always liable to like, they'll get those massive hauls, like some of those players, but then they'll be out of the side the week after. So if you, if you got your Torres, unfortunately, Luke, you, yeah, you sold your Torres, but if you get a Torres, uh, uh, like at the right moment, then, you know, you're liable to pick up a lot of points, but you're, if you then, if you then stick with them over a prolonged period of time, you're going to have to suffer the pain of kind of like how long do you sort of do you stick for before you twist? And if you, you've got a danger of twisting right before they pick a big hole, and a similar, a similar sort of, a similar sort of, um, I guess conundrum with with some of these the the players that bring in on these these good looking runs when they've got no no four no no I guess no points to back it up. So Triore on the surface, you think. 
you know, he, his stats look underlying stats are good. Yeah. He's got some good fixtures, but the fact is he hasn't got any goals. So like he could turn around next game <clears throat> by sort of two or three, and then you get on him and you've kind of missed that. But is is the game we is the game we play really? Yeah. Um, so I think so. Let's talk. Let's talk about your side. Let's talk. Run through your your start. Let's talk about your team from for this week for this coming okay, weekend. Right. So Go on. My team for this coming weekend is Backman in goal. Who Watford have got Wolves at home. Uh, Rico Henry, Brighton at home. Trent uh, of the Alexander Arnold clan. Uh, Leeds away. Ruben Diaz, Leicester away. I've got Ben Rama, who've got Southampton, uh, Ben Rama, Southampton away. Delhi Alley, Crystal Palace away. Salah, who are playing Leeds. Fernandez, <coughs> Newcastle. Uh, Damari Gray, who, like I said, we've got Burnley. And then up front is Danny Ings, who's got Chelsea. And Antonio, who's got Southampton. At the minute, I've got the armband on Bruno. But that may change. And I just stick with Antonio, who's not done me badly every time I've captained him. Or I put it on Damari Gray and risk it all. That is That would be... Um... That would be quite bold. What's yeah. your team? So, yeah, my team then is Batman, Henry, Trent, Diaz, Benrama, Deli Ali, Salah, Fernandez, Gray, Ings, and Antonio. Um, all right. Uh, my team, I haven't made my transfer yet, so it will change. Um, but we're only one free transfer, so it'll probably just be a one, one, one change this week for me. So, Sanchez and goal. Um, uh, Trent of the Alexander Arnold clan, yeah, Digne, Amati, uh, Simakas in defense, midfield, we've got Salah, Fernandez, Mares, Ben Rama, yeah, and then the same as you, got Ings and Antonio up front, and then similarly, you've got the armband on Fernandez. <clears throat> Not sure about vice captain at the moment, but probably would be irrelevant because assuming Fernandez will play, but I'll probably stick with Fernandez, I think, for Newcastle. Um, I think the change is going to be in defence. Um, yeah, I, you and I have talked about whether I might I might get on the Diaz uh, train. I've got the money to. I've got about one point one in the bank. I think it. I reckon <clears throat> if I had your team, that I would do very similar to what I have done. But I made my defensive upgrade last week, so I upgraded Loughton to Diaz, and then I've strengthened elsewhere. But next yeah. week I'm going to be strengthening up front because Danny Ings, Villa sticks just tank. Yeah, Ings has got to go. I think it's for someone like Calvert Lewin probably or Bamford for me. Yeah. But um, I, I mean the two that I suppose the the two problem areas. Well, it's probably three problem areas at the moment. Ings, are, you know, I wouldn't describe as a problem, but he's he's because he scored two and three and and got an assist, so he's got returns yeah. in all his games. But the three, I guess, problem areas is is one. Mares for the aforementioned Pep Roulette. And obviously he's not started the last couple, but he has returned a goal and an assist in his past two games. So I'm, I'm hoping that he's due away at Leicester, his old side. At least that I'm hoping that problem and worry of him st- starting is slightly eased by the fact he's due to start. But then yeah. the, the major issue, I think, for me is probably defence with Simicast now with Robertson back is not starting and uh Amati has I guess been a cheap option in defence but he's 
he's, he's always seems to be at risk of losing his place because he's he's still learning his trade as the defender, let's say, and, and they've got yeah. City at home. But I've, I've tar- Target came, he's on my bench, and he again was dropped after Watford, but he did come back into Villa's starting lineup, so he would be a starting defensive option. Um, and Brownhill, so I haven't got a strong bench, but I've <clears throat> got starters if the other ones don't start. My bench but... is horrific. <clears throat> Two yeah. of them, one of them doesn't even play in the league anymore. That's yeah, is that Oberfemi? Yeah. Yeah, same. And Foster. Oh, no, he's got a hamstring injury. I thought he'd left. So I, my bench is Foster, um, uh, Oberfemi, Hanley, and uh, Simakas. Yeah. Grant so... Hanley's my only player there who's probably going to play. Yeah, but you're all right for now, I think. I think I'm fine. Right. I think, I'm fine. I think you're all right. And it, it, like last season, I think benches were were vet, were more important because we had sort of fixtures that were being cancelled yeah. or dropping out with COVID, um, having to to isolate from COVID. So, um, but yeah, I think it it'll be interesting coming back to international duty uh, where players are at, and obviously you've got some situations where like there's no Martinez for Villa and people are yeah. Having, Isolate, so it'll be interesting, and I think there's no Rafina, is there this week? Yeah, no, Rafina's out, so that's why. And talk, talking about Leeds, then, Bruce, I know we, we're racking soon, but Dan James is now an interesting option at five and a half million for Leeds United. Yeah, that, definitely, that's, that's an interesting option. He could be my Deli Alley replacement until I wildcard. So, <laughs> I've only we've got we're coming into game week four. So we've got four, five, six. I've only got three transfers left, and then I'm going to be wildcarding because I want Lukaku for those runs, that run of games. So I've only got to really use what I think is going to be good for that particular time for the next three weeks. Yes. I've done Damari Gray because but Leicester play Man City, so Gray has got more of a chance for Everton's scoring some points than Barnes has against City, you would imagine. Um. Next week, Bamford will come in for Ings, probably. And then the week after, it might be Deli Ali's turn to go. And then look at doing maybe Rafina, maybe Dan James. And then it's wildcard time. So I'm relatively calm about where I am. Problem is, I play Steve Day and he's got a decent side. Yeah, yeah. Always a dangerous customer day. Yeah, I was looking at the similar yeah, Ings next week, I think. So I've got a plan for at least the next couple of weeks, probably two to three weeks. I've got um, on my wild cards in game week seven. Then I need to start. I need to start looking at my wild card side to see what is available. It it is it is interesting, like you said. If you're if you're if you've got a wild card plans in mind then then you kind of look at your side a little bit differently because you, you don't look at transfers as being a long term thing and, and you can no. just look at short term and it does almost make it makes more players a more viable option you, because yeah. you could start to look at what can they do short term impact for you which is someone like Gray you'd imagine it, it falls into that category um, and then you can kind of dead end your sort of side and and just yeah, rip it up and start again. And well, it's exciting. It's exciting. It is. I'm excited to see what you do with your team and what transfer you make. Yeah, um, I've, I've really thought about quite a few a few options defensive defensively. There is a few options. Yeah, I was even tempted by even the like I guess 
Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I was. It's I a was tough one. Like, it's a tough decision. Presswell, there's. I know even he's still getting assists, and you know fixtures for West Ham are, aren't are kind of so so. But yeah, I would. I I'm, I think um, a good option for you might be Nelson Semedo for Wolves because Wolves have got a really good run, and Semedo can get forward and get some points. He's another on the watch list, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We could talk forever, but we we haven't got forever, unfortunately, because no. I would rather do this than anything. But we, our time has come to an end. Yeah, thanks very much for listening. We've got any more any any more business before we sort of close out, Luke? Any without um, notice? AOB? No, not really. No, I think that's uh, I think that'll do. That'll do. Oh, um, shout out Donny van der Beek, actually. Went on a podcast. Shout out. Thank you, Mitchell. And uh, was asked outright by the one of the hosts of Real Ferdinand was on as well. And he said, and the host said to him, he was like, I don't think United need a destroyer. I think they need a deep blind playmaker. Do you think you can play this role for United? And van der Beek said, yeah, I think I can. I played it at Ajax, but you'd have to, but it's not about whether I think I can, it's whether the manager thinks I can. And we just gave a proper answer. And I like it when people give real answers to questions. Keep it real. Yeah. I like it. No, I did. I did hear that. It was a good answer. Uh, we're keeping it real. Um, we've kept it real for episode 189. Check us out on socials, all the usual, at Touchline Rants. If you're playing fantasy football, let us know. Send us a screenshot of your team. Let us know how you're doing. Um, get involved in the conversation. Um, we love having a chat about fantasy football as well as just anything, anything to do with the touchline. That's what we talk about on this podcast. Yeah, we love it. Thanks for listening. Thanks very much, Luke. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you, you on. Touchline, touchline, right. Touchline, touchline, right? A touchline, touchline, right? Oh, touchline, touchline, right? The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? <laughs> Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts, y'all. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new. To get started.